episode 12 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam. In today's episode, we discussed uh, ca- casting announcements for Marvel's Inhumans television show, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 16, Mosaic number 5, Monsters Unleashed number 3, Uncanny Inhumans 19, and IVX number 5. Uh, so we got a lot to cover today, boys. Um, yeah, just jump right in. in. Yeah, yeah just jump go. right into it. So for casting announcements, um, this week we had a casting announcement for Maximus, uh, which is exciting as anything. We have a Game of Thrones uh, uh, actor. uh, How do you say his name, Adam? I can't Uh, pronounce it. Iwan Rion. So it's it's Welsh. Iwan Rion, I think. There's There's a YouTube video out there of how to pronounce it. That's where I got it from. Okay, yeah. that works for me. Um, he'll be playing Maximus the Mad. And if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, he was Ramsay Bolton uh, in Game of Thrones, who is an extremely messed up dude. And uh, his casting as Maximus, who is also extremely messed up, but probably not quite as disgusting as Ramsay Bolton is, <laughs> um, is going to be fantastic. I am so excited, and it gives me hope for the rest of the casting announcements, um, which apparently um, another rumor we've had uh, just recently this morning um, is that one of uh, the cast members from Lost, which has a really huge cast, uh, is going to uh, just got cast in a big role in um, the Inhumans TV show as well. Um, I think it's safe to say that it's not going to be Evangeline Lilly as Medusa because she's Hope Van Dyne. So... That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, real no. quick, um, uh, the fella who played Iwan, e- uh, Rias. Iwan um, Rion. Along with uh, Game of Thrones, he was in a, a really interesting show called The Misfits, yep. uh, which which I recommend. Oh, I um, where the... he once again plays a, just a, 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 an unhinged... Um, <laughs> fun character. I, th- I think uh, in Misfits wasn't he a little bit sexually repressed as well. <laughs> Put it that yeah, way. I Put th- it politely. I have the whole cast, perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this is a great casting. I think um, he looks the part. He obviously can do this kind of role, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the role of Maximus really. Uh, beefed up a bit in the script. I, I I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think Maximus is going to become a really popular character that people are going to absolutely love hating. <laughs> yeah, we hope so, because he's a, he's a brilliant character in the comic books, especially at the moment anyway. Because he's, he's just... Uh, he's hilarious, but he's hilarious in such a, an awful way. Um, yeah. Which we'll get to later, because we'll, we'll review Uncanny in, uh, in Humans 19. But for any... any... This is why we'll love him when you... Hear our review on Uncanny Inhumans 19. Yeah. As but, for as for the the Lost actor, I mean that's a there's like 40 plus characters from Lost, so who knows who um, could be chosen. You you were suggesting earlier when we were prepping for the show that this fella Ian, Ian Summerholder. Summerholder. Yeah. Might, so might be, I could uh, totally see him as Black Bolt. Yeah, and it was kind of it was one of those things where um, you're trying to find an actor to really fit the bill. Um, and the fact that they'd said that they were targeting sort of like, you know, mid thirties actors, he kind of, th- he kind of fits the look, um, which, and he's been know, on other shows subsequently. Yeah. He was on, he was on vampire diaries. So, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> 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 
Well, didn't well didn't somebody just say I saw somebody said, Oh god, I hope it's not the guy who was on Vampire Diaries because he's terrible. Really? And, okay. So, yeah. so I, I asked a friend today, um what what do, what do you think of uh Ian Summerholder in, in Vampire Diaries? And she was like, Oh, he's the best but I, I think it's just because he's you know good looking. Attractive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, you know yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, attractive. I'm a straight heterosexual guy and I think he's attractive. Straight and heterosexual. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope for uh, Daniel Day Kim. Okay. As as whomever is available, Black Bolt, Triton, Karnak. I think he's a good actor. He already lives in Hawaii, and um, oh, well, that works. Local talent. You guys already know my feeling about not wanting an entirely white cast working on the Inhumans. Yeah, I, I think yes. I think we live in a a modern world now. Yeah, yeah. Humans was first established in the 60s, so intentionally or unintentionally, it's full of white Caucasian people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. Right. Anyways, um, so we'll find out, and as soon as we do, we'll be sure to have a report up on the website, keeping our eyes open. I'm, I'm thinking that the rest of the cast, they're, they're going to have to announce that pretty soon. Because, I think it's going to be yeah. in the next week or or so, I, I was next gonna say, week or week and a half. If they've cast Maximus, who's apparently one of the, apparently Maximus is going to be the lead. That's the other thing we we need to discuss. I I don't think he is. I think I think some people aren't quite sure. I think I think it's going to be equal parts, kind of sort of how Agents of Shield is. I think. Well, let me um, let me just uh, let me just be the villain though. Get the article up because. Oh, um, uh, there's no way he could be the lead if he's going to be the villain. I think Crystal well, think would be the more relatable. The more relatable point of view character. I think that's absolutely right, but it doesn't preclude it from being a very Maximus-oriented show. I mean, I think you look at how things have panned out in the real world, mm-hmm. and a unhinged, narcissistic authoritarian. Uh, you know, it kind yeah, of like yeah, that's what's on, yeah. that's what's that's what's on the mind of the national zeitgeist right or the international zeitgeist right now. People are like, oh, I'm scared, and I could definitely see the writers being like, you know, we need to focus more on this because yeah, this is happening. Yeah, that's the point. Although, granted, Maximus is smarter, better looking, and more charismatic than our own. Uh, Mad leader, yeah. <laughs> here, here in the states, he's he's your leader. He's ain't, he ain't my leader. <laughs> yeah, he's you're lucky. No, I, I've got. for him. We've got so, um, trees of the appeaser, so yeah. <laughs> Bit political, anyway. So um, I, I, I'll I, go to a soccer game. I, yeah, I read a um, I read an article a few days ago, so basically stating that Maximus was the lead character. Which I can't remember whether it's a Marvel specific article or what, but I think it was. There were a lot of them that were saying that, and then there were others that were saying he was cast as one of the main characters rather than the lead. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's kind of I'm I'm sure I saw it on the actual Marvel website. I'll have to try and look it up later, but it just seems quite a quite an odd thing Hold to on. do unless they're doing kind of like um, almost like you know the uh, the Lee and Jenkins run. Which is uh, what I think. I, I honestly and truly think that that is the run they are basing it off of. Yeah. I would be absolutely floored if that was not the run. Because that is a great run to be introduced to the Inhumans. But also, yeah, it, uh, it, it loans itself quite well to uh, to a television serialized format. Yeah. 
But also, <laughs> but I think you know, I mean, it, not, I mean, Black Bolt is you know arguably the most popular in human, but in a, a format like TV, <clears throat> a character who is, for all intents and purposes, mute, it's kind of hard to have him be the main character, yeah. unless you're going to utilize a, a, you know, a, a disembodied narrative voice, which I hope they don't because. That is doesn't uh, make for good yeah, TV. I was, was going to say if they end up doing the whole, um, you know, the the kind of the internal narratives that they did at the start of the Inhuman book by Lee and Jenkins. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that will really trans translate very well. Um, which is irony, really, because that's what it's doing. Hmm. Um, yeah. We'll see. I, yeah. I, I, looking looking forward to finding out. Yeah, it yep. should be good fun. Actually, I'm trying to find... Hold on, I'm trying to find Marvel's official casting announcement on it, so give me a sec. Yeah, you can see um, we are brilliant at prepping the show. Yes, um, we are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be good fun. Um, and, you know, we've we've mentioned the rumoured um, casting for Gorgon and... Um, and uh, Crystal. Crystal, yeah. Now, which... Eliana Jones is saying that, you know, she's starting... Um, yeah, she's, head, she's heading off, isn't she? In, but she's saying it's in Winnipeg, and I don't know if she's kind of throwing shade at going to Hawaii, or if if she's really not in the Inhumans show at all. The only thing, because I guess she's filming for the next two weeks in Winnipeg, and but the Inhumans doesn't begin until March, so I don't know if she really is the part. But if you look at who she's following, she is following the Inhumans TV show on Twitter. Not that that necessarily means anything. But it's kind of highly suspect. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you kind of... I mean, not very many people, let's be honest, know about the Inhumans, or if they do... It's from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Know, yeah, it's from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's the likes of Quake and um, those guys. Right, and, so, and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they did touch on some of the like older Inhuman civilizations, but they never really got into it more than... Yeah, it was, it was literally just, oh, this is an ancient city. Which, by the way, was probably the greatest moment of television history that I, I I saw. You know, maybe I'm biased, but it was really, really good. Yeah. I just I just okay, remember so, sitting there and seeing it. Sorry, I just carry on. So it's just saying prominent actor Ewan Rion has been cast in the lead role of Maximus. It says a lead role, uh, but I think a lead role, not. Well, yeah, but it says the lead role of Maximus. So, you know, right. it could be the way that American shows seem to differentiate between. Um, lead and recurring um you know you have like four or five main characters like the inhuman royal family and then you have recurring you know characters sort of you know potentially like crystal potentially like lockjaw you never know right so, well i hope lockjaw's in it because lockjaw's important he's like the most powerful <laughs> character in the marvel universe are you kidding I, me i've just got this this um this image in my head of like just lockjaw just lumbering in like a big old fat dog that's kind so, of how I see it too. Yeah, and it just like just like drooling everywhere and just sort of like you know. Sorry. Right. Sound effects. So professionally. Yep. Okay, so moving on. Um, why doesn't Dot give us the rundown on Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur sixteen, which was a really really fun issue? <laughs> yeah, uh, it sure was. <laughs> Natasha Bustos got to draw some really trippy stuff. And her artwork reminds me so much of Javier Rodriguez that she is she's just fantastic. So Yeah, she gets to um channel her inner Steve Ditko and and uh 
and 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 recreate some of that aesthetic that uh, uh, from the earliest Doctor Strange books, especially in the dream sequence that begins the uh, the issue. But in any case, this is the uh, no third installment of the world's smartest storyline, yep. um, which has been just a blast so far. And in this one, she gets to meet Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange helps her uh, in her continuing struggle against a version of Doctor Doom. We don't know which Doctor Doom it is, but it's uh, it's a bad version, and he's giving Lunella a really hard time because he discovered that she's been identified as the world's smartest. This hurts his ego, and he wants to defeat her, so to prove his superior intellect or something around those lines. In any case, um, what's most fun about the issue is how reluctant Lunella is to accept magic, to to see that there is something beyond science um, that uh, is out there, and she just doesn't want to do it. And she's <laughs> she's super snarky to um, to Doctor Strange. Totally. Uh, uh... <laughs> She's like, yes, so what, you're a doctor. Like, that's not a big deal. <laughs> um, and, and, and he's he's quite patient with her. Um, you know, not, not especially bothered by her reluctance to accept magic and, and question his legitimacy. Um, and, you know, he's just like, look, you need to... You need to have more of an open mind, which is kind of uh, the general thematic of, of the whole story arc to date. Um... In any case, it's, it all takes place on Halloween, and one of my favorite parts of it is that when Lunella is walking home, she encounters her classmates, uh, Eduardo and, and Zoe, and they're dressed up as <laughs> they're they're dressed up as Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and is the most adorable <laughs> little panel I've ever seen. Um, oh, it, I think not only that, I think this episode should have been called Moon Girl and Diddy Dinosaur because oh god. <laughs> It was, oh, it yeah. was little, hilarious. Little baby, <laughs> little double dinosaur is the most adorable. Like he's like, hey, and he's like such a puppy. And I'm sitting there going, I want a little double dinosaur. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> Doctor Strange uses a spell to shrink devil dinosaur down to like house cat size, and um, it's uh, he's very hysterical cute running yeah. around. It's, it's um, the best part of this book. Uh, <laughs> Um, and he gives her, uh, Doctor Strange gives her a serum, so that if you need Devil Dinosaur to uh, increase back to his regular size, you can use this serum. Um, in the midst of the fight with Doctor Doom, uh, uh, Lunella decides, you know what, enough of this. I'm going to take the serum myself. And she does it, and she it causes her to grow like the 30-foot-tall <laughs> version Nine of herself. Nine-year-old girl. Yeah, and just starts, you know kicking butt as giant moon girl <laughs> giant um, moon girl and diddy dinosaur exactly <laughs> honestly uh, but going back to what you were saying about the art earlier though um yeah i, I think the the use of color was so um and that was tamara bonvillan yeah bonvillan bon yeah, yeah. And, and yeah just, she's awesome yeah i mean her, her artwork is so uh, understated because it's not like you know you look at something like Secret Wars which was insane. It was, what was his name? Isaac Ribic did um, Secret Wars, and then you look at this, and the quality is is there, but it's just different types of art, and it just the, the Moon Girl stuff is just so good, and it's so comicy 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, they they have the perfect artist for this book. Like yeah. they couldn't have picked a better one. Yeah, you, you, well, yeah. it's it's really essential. The uh, um, uh, Bustos's uh, knack for capturing facial expressions of emotion because. Yeah. You know, Lunella, for all of her intellect, she's kind of out of touch with her feelings. And as a result, all of her emoting kind of happens on a nonverbal level. So the the fact that, that Bustos can so capture emotion on facial feature uh, really hammers home uh, the situation with Lunella. And it's, it's just a perfect mix of yeah. writing and illustration. Um the, the 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 theme here, you know, what what um what Doctor Strange ultimately says to her is like, you know, there are certain things you can only understand with wisdom, with life experience. You know, there's the whole Arthur C. Clarke notion that magic is just science we don't understand yet, and Lunella doesn't want to believe in something that she can't understand yet because she's the smartest person in the world, but real knowledge. Is, is knowing that there are some things that cannot be known. And you know, accepting this truth is how you really become wise. Um, and that's, I think, the, the trajectory of this arc, is for her to realize that, yeah, she's super smart, but she has to accept there's things she doesn't understand. She has to accrue wisdom, and it's that is what's going to make her into a much stronger person in the long run. And this has just been a, a wonderful run for that reason. Mm. Uh, of course, I would I would love there to be uh, a meeting um, between Lunella and the Royal Inhumans. We're going to have to wait because she has surprise guests who show up the, at the end of the issue and will be featured in the next issue. We won't mention who they are for lack of spoilers <laughs> from certain event, right. yeah. but it's not to be missed, though. No, uh, not it, in the least. But what... what, what <laughs> Sorry, what you were saying about, um, you know, you have to learn to accrue wisdom, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, everybody goes through that. You know, you, you, you go out of, come out of high school, you come out of university, you come out of, you know, college in America, and you think you know everything, at least I, at least I did. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the truth <laughs> you know, of it. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, again, it's, 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 it's basically she still has a lot to learn and she needs to learn that she has a lot to learn still. She yeah. might be the smartest, but she definitely does not know everything. Yeah, she's she's clever, but she's not wise. If that makes sense. That yes, makes total sense. That's the uh, and it's um it's just such a joy to read this book. Um uh, I cannot recommend it high enough. Mm. Strong it's, enough. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go go buy it. it. Is. Go it's, go to the go shop buy it. and buy it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if you know a kid in your life and you want to share it with them, it's the perfect book to share for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bring the issues over to my brother's house. He's got three kids, and they absolutely fight each other over who gets to read it <laughs> first. It's it's, uh, it's it's like it turns into uh, what that movie Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Sorry, my, my my brother's wife is like, can you bring like multiple issues next time? Because this is really t- <laughs> what are you, what are you made of money. <laughs> uh, 
What's next? What are we going to discuss next? Uh, next, next is we have we had another great issue of Mosaic. Yes, uh, issue was, number five, yeah, which was so wrapping up the first arc. Yeah, from from heartbreaking oh, to heart crushing. This yeah. was um, a really intense issue, and it was a lot to unpack. I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 I it was really, really fantastic. We can right. say that that Mosaic's de- Morris's dad is a dick. <laughs> well, of the highest caliber, he yeah. is a sociopath. So, all right. So, what do we find out in this issue? Um, uh, he uh, more last scene Mosaic had uh, occupied the body of Spider-Man, and he uses Spider-Man's body to infiltrate the brand, uh, which is this sort of uh, evil corporation. The brand's uh, corporate offices in in Manhattan. Uh, there he finds a number of the people that he had previously possessed, um, Fife and Cece and Kevin, and they're all being held for reasons unknown. And um, before he can free them, he gets uh, this intense shock and pain. And what's going on, actually, is that his real body, his original body, is there in the facility. And um, the scientists are, like, hitting it with a, this super high-powered defibrillator trying to bring it back to life. And what it does is it sucks his astral or whatever form back into the body. And um, they're like, oh, we got him. And so they pack him up. They're going to go take him to another facility and dissect him and weaponize him. And it's all terrible. And it turns out that uh, Morris's dad had actually uh, sold him. Um, and, uh, like, yeah. Groomed that... him from birth to be sold uh, as, as a piece of merchandise. Um, not as a basketball player, but as intellectual property that could be, um, you know, spliced apart dissected it's awful it is awful it's absolutely yes awful and i i think i think it's it's um it's kind of representative of what some people would do for business you know what i mean it's maybe it's maybe it's just uh maybe it's just me reading too much into that but it's just money no you're not you know it's a bit sad anything yeah what people would do for money in any case Morris fortunately is able to escape the last moment. He uh, he um, uh, defeats the guards. Uh, he has it out with his dad. Um, you know, uh, it, some sort of grenade goes off. I don't know. Um, There's yeah. a lot of action a, in yeah, it, I, and I found it interesting. Um, he got back to his body, and what was interesting is they were shocking his body to get him back into it, and that he could feel that. Even when he's possessing another body, that wasn't just Spidey's spider sense going off. That was they were hurting his, Mosaic's original body, and Mosaic could feel that yeah. in Spider-Man. And yeah, I, I, it seems I, that electricity is his kryptonite. He, uh, yeah. it's one of his weaknesses. Electricity of some sort of level, uh, which makes sense since well, he, he exists you hurt on his a body, and plane. that's his kryptonite. I think. Yeah, I think being detached is probably the the bigger issue. Um, but it was interesting because there was a because so um, Jeffrey Fawn does a Q and A on the CBR forums, and there was an interesting question which was basically like, oh, it reminded me of the Doctor Strange movie where Doctor Strange leaps out of his body and goes into astral form." 
Um, an interesting thing from that was that uh, basically Jeff Vaughn came back and he said that uh, Morris's body does not exist on an astral plane. It's it's he didn't explain exactly what happens, obviously, because that'd be spoilers. But it was a particular. It was it was just going to be a weird kind of you know explanation. It's, well, it's not. To it. It's not astral form. It's not telepathy oriented. It's it's neurologically oriented. He yeah. he can exist in the electrical form that is those little zaps that occur between synapses in the brain. You know, the the brain is just is constantly flowing with electricity, and he can jump into that and be a part of that. Um, right. And so, so I guess as a byproduct of that, he also has. Um, absolute control of his own neurological functioning which allows him to recall very distant memories with with crystal clarity so he can he can he can remember an event that occurred back when he was 12 overhearing his father essentially selling um mosaic to this company morris to this company they did some tests they found out that he had genetic abnormalities that there were it wasn't a he he wasn't a mutant but he was something different and something they could use and they're like yeah we'll buy him when when uh, when, when he <laughs> yeah. well potential. that brings up an interesting point though because remember that discussion we've had in the past of are these new humans as powerful as the humans from adelan before they go undergo teragenesis is the fact that he was fast enough and strong enough to make it to be a yeah. big NBA player, is that part because of his inhuman DNA well, or not? And actually, I think I need to ask that on the CBR forum. I, to see I, what I, Jeff I, says about good that. question. I was going to say, that's an interesting one because it's, it's kind of it's um, similar to kind of how Karnak gained his abilities, really, because he went and trained and he, you know, he perfected what he knows. He perfected his powers, didn't he? So... He never went through teragenesis. Yeah, so, but there's this whole... It's kind of hard to say because the Inhumans of Adelan um, all sort of maintained their uh, alien DNA um, yeah. very... I don't want to say the word pure, but purely. Right. And <laughs> as as a result, they are sturdier, stronger, they age slower. And yeah. it hasn't been revealed yet whether or not... And that's prior to teragenesis, too. Right, prior to, prior to teragenesis. And it hasn't been revealed yet whether or not the new humans, whether or not people like uh, Miss Marvel or Lunella or Inferno, if they also possess this uh, enhanced physicality. Well, no, I, I, I think I think kind of what I was getting at is the fact that he does have this ability. I mean, maybe he was just a talented kind of lad, but maybe it was that, you know, the, the human DNA sort of just sort of, you know, giving them that push. Um, yeah, that so, push, like that greater strength or agility or whatever yeah. that, that the Inhumans, before they undergo teragenesis on Adelan had so I'm wondering if he he was like that as well I mean it was already stated that because if you looked at his body in the comic you um in this issue when you we finally see his body again he has that antenna the tuning fork on top of his head which has been confirmed that he's really powerful yeah he's now, really powerful um which is what that means at least to Jeffrey Thorne so it begs so, the question actually is Serena Williams an inhuman <laughs> what about a <her> sister? <laughs> Probably. They're twins. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Um, so, 
but you, what you were talking about business, it made me think of the sort of um, the modern slave trade that occurs with uh, in, in the here and now with uh, you know young girls being sold into prostitution rings by their by their fathers, by their boyfriends, yes. and it's it's just you know you, it really undermines one's faith in mankind, you know. Yeah, um, and I think to to yeah. be really honest with you, it's it, a heavy it, issue. Yeah, it really it, is. I mean, you know, you can pick into this kind of stuff, but Jeff Fawn is is you know kind of known for that, and that's what he kind of puts in there. Yeah, yeah, we know that because we've spoken to him for however long it was. Who so, else? Yeah, everyone hours. get everyone stop. Pause and go listen to that interview. It's <laughs> yeah, fantastic. listen to the whole thing, then come back and we'll do the rest of the uh, reviews. No, <laughs> the thing is, is that the pops pop the mosaic's dad is a full blown sociopath. Yeah, and the oh and yeah, the, absolutely. And, and, and the primary feature of psychopathy is the inability to feel empathy to 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 put yourself into the shoes of others, because of the nature of Morris's power, he. He is the ultimate empath. He actually can experience, feel, know what other people feel. So, like, they become these weird opposites of one another, mm-hmm. where he is – one is is the pinnacle of empathy, and the other is the complete absence of it. And um, it makes for it, – it's a really interesting uh, parallel in the issue. Um, I think it definitely when, makes him the villain of this arc, put it that way. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know. But it's just, and when you look at this, and now that we have Mosaic's, like, origin story, he is a hell of an interesting character. Like, yeah. he is just fascinating. And, he is fascinating, yeah. And it's just, like, you can go so many ways with with this character. It's like, I cannot wait to see what's next, because... <laughs> it's it's going to be great. Where do, you go, where do you go with that, that you've totally thought one thing growing your whole life and you you just see that you're nothing but an object to the one person that you respected in your in your life like how how is that going to mess with him going forward it's just it's going to be really really interesting to watch well it's interesting you know throughout the entire series though so far the word the term mosaic has not been used he's not referred to himself as mosaic no one else has and when he leaves his dad on that burning rooftop and it's like i'm done with you i'm done with my life I'm no longer even Morris. He's become something new. And I yeah. would imagine in the next issue he will maybe refer to himself as Mosaic, that, that he will no longer observe the name of Morris, that he will no or longer see himself as the, who he was. Or it's the name that they give, that the, maybe he meets, is, isn't he meeting the Royal Inhumans in the next arc? I think so. The, I, I, I the, thought so they, I'm wondering, not next issue, but the following issue. Okay. Right, so I'm wondering if that's the name bestowed on him, kind of like how Medusa kind of bestowed the name Nur on Frank. Even though he hates so, it. <laughs> he does hate it. Well, Frank is old, okay? He's set in his ways now, so I can't blame the guy. He's Frank, even if his powers are different and his life is different now. He's Frank, and I yeah, respect yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 see him, I see him choosing the name himself because... He is no longer Morris. He's now a conglomerate of all these different feelings, yeah. thoughts, and people. He is a mosaic of pers- personality because he's going to retain aspects of Fife yeah. and aspects of CC and aspects of everyone he has possessed so far. Definitely. Um, it, it is yeah. proving to be a really good book, you know. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kudos. definitely... 
a, a must read. Yeah, could I suggest uh, Jeff Vaughn about that one because it's 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 been just such a good read. Yeah, and, and kudos to uh, to to oh, Karen uh, Randolph, yeah, Karen Randolph. Lee Lopez because the art is and Andres Massa two color this issue as well. Is that right? Our yep. Own. Yeah, I love Andre. He's, He's a busy cool. guy. He is. He's on Gamora, and uh, he did this issue of Mosaic. I forget what other one he's coloring. Gamora. He uh, I think he colored the latest issue of IVX, or maybe the one before that. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did. I so need there to, you go. I just need to pay attention to who's actually on the front of my books, because I just think mm-hmm. this was written by someone. This was colored by someone. No, <laughs> I'm enjoying really it now. I love Carrie Randolph's art. Like I've become a big Carrie Randolph fan. So yeah, and it's it's kind of yeah. it's kind of weird because um, I've actually taken to following creators as opposed to characters these days. Oh yeah, um, and I follow them on Twitter. So you guys should all follow all these people on Twitter. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, the, 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 you know, right, drawing takes so much time that they sometimes have less uh, time on their schedule to uh, keep up with their Twitter or their Tumblr or whatnot. Um, Christian Ward being the exception, he, he puts up some wonderful stuff on his Twitter. My oh, goodness. man, Black yeah. Bolt's looking so good. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally forgot to mention that in the, uh, in the, in the, you know, news and rumors bit or whatever of the show. But yeah, he's, he's posting up so much good art. Yeah. Black Bolt's going to be a beautiful book. So, moving on, um, we had an interesting development in Monsters Unleashed. Um, the Inhumans have been playing a big part of it. Um, we've had uh, Lunella and uh, Kai uh, develop a really cool friendship. Um, but the big, the big thing um, about Kai is that uh, apparently he's an Inhuman. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. So, uh, and his power is... What exactly is it? Because it kind of confused me. It's almost sort of similar to Reader, but not. He can summon forth. He can summon forth champions, monstrous champions, um, by uh, incantations that take the form of him sketching them in his in his notebook. Um, And this is uh, similar to an ancient universal Inhuman who was able to do something similar to fend off this alien monster invasion of, of, of a species of creature called the Leviathans. Um, and uh, Karnak, I don't know how he knows these things, but he, he knew that there was a, a, a mythos of um, universal humans who lived off in some far realm of the galaxy. And um, they were attacked by the Leviathans, and there was one inhuman who had the ability to summon forth champions, monstrous champions, to defend their people from the Leviathans. And she failed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very heartening for our our heroes of the story. They all all died. Um, So, uh, Kid Kaiji, am I pronouncing it correctly? Kaiji? Kid Kaiji. Kid yeah. Kaiji or or Kai, he Hi. is an he is an inhuman who is similar. He has similar powers. He can summon forth champions in the form of Thing Fang Foom and Gorn, son of Glorp, and all this stuff. And hopefully, Devil dinosaur with Lunella on his head. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, this this time things will pan out a little bit better, 
and he will succeed and the fellow heroes will succeed in in fending off the invading leviathans and their leader the leviathan mother who's like this sort of call of cthulhu like monstrous creature um but it's pretty neat it's it's very neat and now it turns out that um Following the mini, following the event book, there will be an ongoing series with Kid Kaiju and Elsa Bloodstone. Kaiju, Kid Kaiju. Okay, um, <laughs> Kid Pacific Rim and, <laughs> and Elsa Bloodstone will be will we are going to have their own series, um, which is great because I love Elsa Bloodstone and I've she's come. Amazing. Really, she's amazing. I come she's, to really I'm enjoy. A fan. Kid K. I'm just gonna call him Kid K. Yeah, that's now. good. That'll be fine. If, um, if, yeah, <laughs> that's the and, issue. Um, the 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 only bad news um, was that uh, um, they 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 revealed that that Kid K is is an inhuman, which meant that I uh, got to field uh, more more questions about. Oh, Marvel's jamming Inhumans down my throat. You tr- they tricked me into reading an Inhumans book by not revealing it. It's not, the- though. I don't Come think on, it's Come on, man. <laughs> right? Well, what? Why do people keep on sticking these Inhumans in my lunch and tricking me? <laughs> Come on, man. I don't want any more Inhumans. What the heck? But, Come but on, what Mom. Was- <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Sorry, but it just it just oh, <laughs> it's just kind of like I had I had a friend of mine. Um, he he, but we got like a group chat on Facebook, and he came up and he goes, "So why are the Inhumans in my book again for like a consecutive week?" And I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, you know, it, 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 okay, yeah, Inhumans are featured quite a lot. I understand that, but. They made it a really cool tie-in how they tied that in, though, with the Universal Inhumans, which I think is going to go and tie into Royals. Yeah, so so. Big, big ups to Cullen Bunn, the writer of the series, for for doing some great callback to old, old Inhuman lore. Yeah, like, Um, that that was, like, old-school stuff, and I was, like, thrilled with it. Um, I thought it was funny that Elsa Bloodstone kidnapped Kid Kai. Uh, (laughs) Essentially, just, like... She, she admitted to it. She goes, "Why do people have a problem with that?" Because it's also bloodstone. <laughs> she, she 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 taught him some uh, English, uh, some uh, London curse version words, curse words. Yeah. Um, no, that's no, that's not London. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. that's my West Country. Oh, Sorry. But, uh, that was really funny. And then it was interesting um, that I found. Well, he summoned Devil Dinosaur with Lunella on his head, which was hysterical. <laughs> But then what it was interesting is that um, I like what Lunella said. And she says, the adults better start talking to us soon because they had shoved the kids off to another room while they discussed what to do next. And Lunella, I love the um, play between Lunella and Kid Kai. I think they're going to be good friends. And because um, Lunella developed that device to hear what these incoming monsters are saying and who they're looking for. So <laughs> Lunella knows what's happening. She goes, well, they better come talk to us soon because otherwise they're going to be screwed. So I thought that was uh, a little interesting uh, feature there. Um, 
apparently people are having a lot of fun writing Lunella because Charles Soule said that he had a fun writing her in IVX. Yeah, she's a great she's, she's a lot of fun character. You know, this was the first time that Lunella and Medusa were on panel together. They didn't have any discussion, though. It's yeah. kind of... Uh, maybe, maybe Medusa doesn't know she's an Inhuman yet, so that'll be... Well, that'll knows be now. Yeah, maybe yeah. they're... they're uh, Bun, you know, Colin Bunn's didn't give them dialogue in deference to Amy Reader and Brendan Montclair in case they wanted to write that initial right. scene themselves. You're probably right. Well, the You're fact probably that, right, because Colin cool. That it's weird that the Inhumans and X-Men and all the other parts of the Marvel Universe seem to have time to be fighting monsters and fighting each other. So, Well, if you <laughs> if you look at the, the, the monsters un, unleashed uh, uncanny Inhumans one-shot... All of this is occurring prior to IVX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's fair enough. So, <laughs> so they ha- you have no choice but to work together. Um, yeah. But uh, it's been a fun ride. I've actually really been enjoying the book. I just think it's just been it's just so out there and different than any other event we've had. So I really I have been enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. So if yeah. you just want kind of a fun mindless monster mash, this is the book for you. The monster um, mash. And you can read issue one and issue three and skip issue two, which is illustrated by Greg, Greg Land. Yeah, yeah. He, he should not draw nine-year-old girls ever again. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Let's keep it at that. <sighs> Moving on. Yes. Yes. Moving on. on. Uh, Swiftly. Humans 19. What a fun issue, I oh, thought. God, I mean, is... I know, Doc, that you didn't um, completely adore it i thought it was a lot of fun because maximus is uh dialing it up to 11 because i'm gonna gonna be honest (laughs) it was like the perfect tie-in and um in this issue you can kind of see iwan rian in that role because it is just (laughs) uh it's just so hilarious wait why do you say i didn't like it i don't know your your review Oh, didn't did seem to be you liked it but you didn't like you were like eh, you seem kind of in on it when i read your review uh huh <laughs> i guess i guess i was a little disappointed because i was hoping that it was going to tie a little more importantly into ivx and it became clear that this is um very distinct and will not so um, okay so here's a question to you and and yeah. you know it's it's I don't mean it, you know, rudely or whatever, but we'll sum up the issue in a minute yeah, here. But okay, so so when you were when you did your review, you said yeah. to, um, you do, you don't like too many events, that sort of stuff, and I yeah. don't, I, you know, I don't mean this <laughs> rudely or anything like that, but it's like when it doesn't tie in, you're uh, not quite into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good point. Good <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not, you know, I, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to do it in jest. I'm not trying to. Um, no, no, I hear what you're saying. I d- you're right. I'm not a big fan of the event, the event book. Yeah. I think it's a, ne- a necessary evil because it makes a lot of money for the company, and that money can be used to support more niche titles. Um, at the same time, this basically means we're not going to see an Emma Frost Maximus interaction, and I think that is just okay. A crime. Yeah. opportunity. I see where you're coming from now, yeah. All right, so that's that's really what it all boils down to. That said, it is a very fun and funny and issue. Truly, yeah. if it, it can be standalone. Yeah. It yeah. really can. That I mean, This arc of Uncanny Inhumans 
could be standalone, and it's very clear that Charles Soule loves Maximus, and I think he might maybe um, is trying to get as much playtime with him as he can before the series ends in the next issue. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think you're right with the whole, you know, you're not going to get a Maximus uh, Emperor's in, uh, interaction because that would be so perfect. You know, and oh my god, who would outsmart who? It would be so fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know, it'd be scary though. Like they would probably wind up together. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, Let's cause <laughs> trouble together. Probably fucked. Probably <laughs> oh, fucked dear. if the two of them wound up together. Imagine that kids. Excuse my language. Oh my god, it would be great. Yeah. I would love to see that. Now I want to see it. In any case, uh, <laughs> the issue. Uh, to, uh, continues on from the last one where um, Maximus has gotten his head that he um, can uh, synthesize artificial Terrigen crystals and in so doing um, end the war between the X-Men and the Inhumans, uh, save the day and have a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and um, it, it's so he and Triton... Despicable things along the way while he's saving the day. So he and Triton and Lineage and the Unspoken all sort of uh, traverse the globe collecting the various components that must be put together to create synthetic Terrigen. Half of them he doesn't need, but he just does it because it's fun and he wants to keep them guessing. Their first foyer gets sends them to this undersea kingdom that's ruled by these weird prawns, <laughs> um, and 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 the 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 ingredient they need is the roe, the eggs that the prawn queen produces, and he he trades he trades uh, with this queen. He he takes the roe, and in exchange he will he will give her uh, what she needs, which is a king. And that king is the unspoken. <laughs> and the unspoken is like, wait, what? <laughs> um, so Max, so Max, this, this is why this, Ian, this. This is why Ian is going to be like amazing as Max. <laughs> this arc is why they cast him. That's all you yeah, gotta... I was going to say. Can I can I just say my 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 absolutely favorite scene in this book is is just before the bit you'll mention actually where maximus is like um oh uh look at that a rugged strange landscape beautiful and dangerous perfect for the next stage of our her- great heroic journey <laughs> and it's like maximus this is an intestine this isn't a journey it's a colonoscopy <laughs> it's just, it was um... that one. <laughs> oh, so, so great so good he uses Max uses his mind control powers to get the unspoken to go along with this. And he's like, yes, of course I'll be your queen. I love you. And so they leave him behind. And and Lineage is like freaking out. Lineage knows that he's next. Um, And um, then they, they traverse the globe. They go to, well, well remember, Lineage is like, that's okay. Like, he's talking to Trey, and he goes, that's okay, I'll out-double-cross Maximus. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a, a dirty double-crossing whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Maximus had the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, go ahead, they, Doc, sorry. They, they end up in Mumbai, where um, Maximus procures his final ingredient, and they, mix up, they meet up with Banyan. Banyan's an evil and human that was first introduced way back when, who played a big role in Uncanny in Humans Annual Number One. He's sort of Grid's arch nemesis. Um, he's used his criminal ties 
to assemble some sort of machine that will take all these in ingredients and combine them into artificial terrigen crystals. All right. <laughs> and um, and Maximus says, this is great. You know, he asks, hey, how's the war going between the mutants and the Inhumans? And Vine is like, oh, it's going worse than ever. Excellent, <laughs> Maximus <laughs> says. For you see, my friends, it is times of great adversity that gives rise to the greatest of heroes. Um, and then it, this, the scene switches to this really kind of quixotic bit where a giant prawn creature rises into the sea and goes marching off and I have no idea what that means uh, The unspoken we'll got out Yeah, I guess she got out or that's Where's... the unspoken now, we don't know but That's his baby I, I just... <laughs> Right, or as a baby, oh my god <laughs> They Oh, Mazel Tov has had a it's but a like, ride. it's so silly, but it's, it's also really it's fun. It's amazing, yeah. and you just see how despicable Maximus is, and how much he enjoys it. Because then he he tells Lineage, he goes, "Oh, I'm a w, double dirty crosser, just like you." And Lineage is like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. oh dear. And what a crew, though, because Lineage and the Unspoken and Maximus play so well off of each yeah. other. It's yeah. it's just so much fun to read. I mean. It's, it's, you it's, guys will realize why we love Maximus as a villain. It's really good because because lineage was was introduced in Inhuman, wasn't he? So yeah, you know, and it's it's kind of two of Charles Soule's, you know, could be favorite characters. I'd hope, but one of which is is, is his own creation. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he uh, he's like this sort of low. He used to be this low level mob boss, so he yeah. fancies himself as being, you know, you know. Uh, a real um real player you know, a player or whatnot but he's in a completely lower league compared to yeah, yeah he yeah. you can see All why those. he's just a mob boss but yeah, yeah. oh dear but, but you know what you know what really uh made me laugh is when he was like oh you know some of these ingredients we don't actually need are just thrown you <laughs> off the scent it was like <laughs> yeah i just i just brought them to oh. throw you guys off the scent and i'm like oh my god he would too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, I love that issue. When, when I'm kind of hoping that um that the unspoken's three thousand dollar pair of Ferragamo loafers ends up being a needed ingredient <laughs> in the creation of these <laughs> of these crystals. Oh dear! But do you know, do you know what? It could have been. He could have just gone down there to be throwing them off the scent. He could just get him really expensive caviar or something. It's All right. <laughs> But, but no, the, the 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 thing is, in my mind, I've kind of got this image now where they're just going to like play the generation game, and you're just going to have like a line of cuddly toys and toasters, and then the ingredients for the for the terrigens. I don't know if you guys get the generation game over there. No, that could be no. uh, that, that's a completely lost reference on the majority of our audience now. All right. So, uh, moving on. Moving on. Well, um, a, before we jump on that, because I, I think there's a really interesting bit in there. I, and I'm not sure if it's intentional or if it's just something I'm reading, but the kind of like a, a meta-contextual thing when um, when Maximus says that times of great adversity give rise to great heroics, um, because you know the the Inhumans have had you know the the conventional wisdom that IVX is all about propelling the Inhumans by tethering them to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you could argue is true. Yeah. But in some respects, 
the X-Men have kind of like ridden the Inhumans because they've they've utilized this whole Terrigen thing to to give their books a narrative thread, and it really yeah. hasn't done the Inhumans any favor at all because we look because we they look like they, assholes. They look like jerks. They look like that yeah. excuse my language. To, I swear a lot. I apologize. They, they, they look like they're willing to commit uh, genocide just. For but, the well-being of their people. This, this is what but, came up on. This is what came up on some of the forums that I frequent. Is that, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, the X-Men are, you know, the Inhumans are hijacking the X-Men books and that sort of stuff." And I'm thinking, "Well, hang on a minute. Since 2015, almost 18 months ago, or however long it's been, it's been the Inhumans books have been solely about the Terrigen, you know, attacking the X-Men. You know, the humans have basically had a really cool run of different stories." <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's like you said, it, it could be considered the opposite way around. Well, the the X-Men have sort of banked on this whole idea of there always being uh, times of great adversity. They yeah. always need a new, you know, extinction level threat, whether it be the, the legacy virus or M-Day or fall of the mutants or whatnot. And it's like, oh, enough you keep on recycling the same theme, yes. and I feel like I'm not sure this is this could just be me reading something that isn't there, but I kind of felt like Max was throwing a little shade that way. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I I think also that they he could would. Have, it, it could have been something else as well. It could have been the fact that you know when it says you know with great adversity comes great heroism. Well. I'm thinking the young new humans. Yeah, you could look hear. at it, you could look at it that way, and you could say, "Well, oh, the, you've got the new humans coming in, and they are, you know, they they want to respect." Well, going to spoil IDX. Well, yeah, I mean, we could just go dive into the review, but there's there's one line which is basically, um, I think it's Miss Marvel that says it. She's like, "Oh, I, I respect the royals, but not that much. I'm going to commit genocide." Mm-hmm. And you know, spoilers for IVX Five, but we'll do the review in a minute. But you know, that that's that to me. That's what that line really brings up. And I think that that's, I agree. Yeah, and I think that you know. Well, let's let's just go into the, the if you if we haven't got if we want to move on, go on to the IVX Five re- review. Boom. Yeah, so, we'll, 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 straight we'll, in we'll there. We'll say how that line ties into IVX because that it really does. When you when we yeah. hear this, you'll see how that line Maximus says he thinks he's going to be the big hero, but I think it's going to be the new humans so lead us in doc okay uh ivx number five the penultimate issue uh the whole event is hurtling towards its conclusion and things really pick up in this next issue um it jumps around a lot so i'll try and be succinct in in my summary um what's going on um Okay, the issue begins with Karnak. He's in the world, which is this sort of artificial realm where the Weapons Plus program was. Um, he's, he's, he's managed to escape the psychic prison that Gene Gray put him in, and then he kung fu chops his way through Phantom X and Gene. Um, he discovers Lockjaw. He's there, but unfortunately Lockjaw has been too heavily sedated to be able to teleport him. Things. Oh, dog. Yeah, I know, right? Who roofies a dog? It's just so <laughs> Anyways. Right? Uh, <laughs> Especially Lockjaw, who's just a sweetheart, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. sweetheart, you could get them all out. Jumps back to Limbo, where the Inhuman Royals and others have finally escaped their 
fire prison or whatnot. And uh, Colossus is the only X-Men there to try and stop him. And this leads to this wonderful knockdown, dragout battle between Colossus and Gorgon, which is really kind of a highlight of the whole episode. Yeah. So, issue? Yeah, yeah, issue. Gorgon and Colossus fight, and that gives Medusa and the others time to sneak off and try and find Black Bolt, who they are convinced is being held in Forge's laboratory, which he is. Um, there he is being guarded by Havoc, or Alex Summers, who hasn't been seen from in a long time. Yeah. And, so, um, yeah, go ahead. I was about to say that the Alex Summers thing, cause there's been a lot of confusion about that. Um, I think I saw in your review, actually doc, basically you were confused as to why, uh, Alex Summers face is all messed up. Um, yeah. so in the original uncanny Avengers run by Remenda, um, he, uh, Alex and Alex Summers went to a planet called planet X. It was like a divergent timeline or something or other. His face got all burned up and it looked awful. Uh, it still does look awful because he escaped the timeline and he could remember anything, everything from it. Um, but the reason he hasn't been heard from for so long, I think, is because um, after Axis, he was one of the few heroes that stayed reverted. You know, were well, not reverted. They, they, you know, they were changed in their moral outlook in life. And um, Alex was more thinking along his brother's lines. Which is why I oh, think sorry. at the the end of Axis, I think it was, uh, Havoc and Cyclops obviously got together and you know fought on the same side, that kind of stuff. And they yeah, he he stayed in that moral outlook for since then, really, just like Sabretooth okay. and sort of Iron Man, but he's in a coma now, so it doesn't matter. Okay, so that was um, a catch up on him. <laughs> So Medusa and Havoc kind of bicker with one another. Um, Medusa ultimately call, calls his bluff and Havoc folds. He's not going to kill um, Black Bolt out of cold blood. You know, He mourns his brother, but he's not going to kill for him. And he, he backs down and Medusa and the others free Black Bolt. Um, rather confusing how it all goes down, but um, I'll take your word for it that Havoc has gone through the ringer. Um <laughs> Back in New Jersey, Iso and the New Humans have revived Forge. They've decided they needed they need to help him destroy or contain the Terrigen Cloud before it's too late. Um, you know they're loyal to Medusa and the Inhumans, but they're not to the extent that they're willing to participate in genocide. Yeah, um, which is where that and, line came right. from. So. Right, right. Forge. Um, isn't sure he has enough time to recreate a new Terrigen nullifying contraption. Uh, fortunately, Moon Girl is there and she's able to help out in pointing out. And improves out, his design. <laughs> yeah, she, she points out ways of, of sort of minimizing or consolidating the machinery to make it into a portable unit. Now all they need to do is, uh, is build one. And they, well, where can we build one? And ISO suggests they go to Unilux or Unilux. And, and Unilux? Unilux, whatever. This, yeah, the, the, a horse uh, business. Right. Uh, it's this big industrial conglomerate currently run by Medusa's son Ahura, and uh, Inferno's like, well, Ahura, Ahura's not going to help us, and Iso's confident that she can get, she can convince Medusa. Um, you know, she says, oh, the, he he owes us, and kind of like, you know, he fancies her, so he's going to do what she. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Typical guy. So, uh, so they all diverge. Uh, uh, 
Forge, Moon Girl, and Iso head to Italy to go to Unilux, um, where Miss Marvel, Young Cyclops, and the rest uh, take the stolen Blackbird to try and 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 uh, uh, find the Terrigen Cloud and and get them get it ready to be nullified. Um, meanwhile, then, oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> meanwhile, Reader plays a taxi cab and teleports all over the globe. He collects Karnak and and Lockjaw from the world. He collects uh, Medusa. Oh, he brings Synapse because Synapse wakes up Lockjaw. Right. So Synapse finally gets a role, gets a, a line of dialogue, which is better than Daisy Johnson, who's had no lines of dialogue yet. Everybody um, loves Quake as well, and that, that annoys me. Right. Um <laughs> And they get Medusa and the others from Limbo and bring them all to a beach in the Philippines where um, they try and revive Black Bolt. The, some, the, whatever the, the X-Men have done to nullify his powers have, has left him weakened. Um, so we're not going to see him at full strength anytime soon. Um, back to Iceland. Uh, the, new, the new humans have touched down. They see the Terrigen Cloud encroaching, getting ready to make landfall, and they're hoping that Forge and the others are able to arrive in time to destroy it or, or capture it or whatnot. But the X-Men have tracked them as well. Probably they were they were tracking the Blackbird, and they show up in attack formation. The new humans are all too surprised to shout out, wait, wait, we're all on the same side now, and a big old meaningless battle ensues. Um, it's a it's a pretty good battle, actually. Uh, it is. Cy- um... Cyclops is now fighting on the side of the new humans, and he's especially eager to take on Emma because he has now learned that Emma uh, had manipulated his older selves, yeah. Mago, and forced everyone to think he's Hitler or something crazy like that. Um, uh, Mosaic jumps into Storm. Which uh, Jeffrey Thorne says that if he had written it and he someone had asked this, he goes... Mosaic would have, if he goes, if I had written it, Mosaic would have an extremely hard time staying within Storm, like, uh, like possessing her, because um, he said that would be, like, really hard for him to do. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, but it will be explained it. in future issues. Yeah, I think it's probably because of his vulnerability to electricity or something around those lines. Yep. Um, but anyway, carry on. Uh... Miss Marvel comes to Cyclops's aid after Emma psychic blasts him. Blah 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 blah. Magneto he sees the cloud uh, rapidly approaching. He's like, I've got no more time for this. So he picks up with his magnetic abilities the uh, Blackbird and just drops it on the bunch of them, in humans and X Men alike. He's oh, just yeah, like, he I'm done with it. I was, I was oh, gonna yeah, say, he uh, gives Grid what for? It's um, basically <laughs> th- this is this is the start of you know certain X Men showing their true colors. Mag- right, well, Magneto, I think, is going to go back on the side of being evil. Emma Frost mm-hmm. is going to be, you know. Um, Lady Hitler. <laughs> well, if you were to believe the solicitations for X Men Blue, uh, Magneto's not going to be a bad guy, but he's not too nice in in this issue. He drops the big airplane on everyone, and it's there where the issue ends with the promise of concluding in the next installment. Um, so. Wild, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was and a they packed issue. that all into what twenty pages? Like yeah. that's insane. So kudos 
for all that storytelling, yeah. kudos to Charles Soule and the artist for and, getting and, all that shit in 20 pages. And Jeff Lemire. Well, and Jeff Lemire, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, Javier Garen has illustrated the last three issues. Garon? Um, Garon, however. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I think we all can agree that I don't know how to pronounce names. For it, it's fine. Um, it's fine, you tried. Uh, he, he's drawn, illustrated, maybe 60 to 70 pages, all in the span of a month and a half. And yeah. it is and it looks good. insane. It looks good for the most part. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not too crazy on his facial expression. Yeah. But that's just a personal preference thing. Um, I, I think, though, I think it's like you're saying, he's, he's had to do, you know, basically six issues in like two months or something because... Insane. So good for him. Yeah. I hope his hands are breaking. <laughs> he'll he'll, he'll <laughs> be... to a desk. I'm drawing as fast as I can. Poor guy. He's, he's set to draw the first arc of Secret Warriors. So I'm hoping they give him a lot of time That's to do it. That's because... why Secret Warriors isn't coming out till May. Right. Well, th- yeah, I, I think just sorry, just talking on that being about May. I think there's only a couple of titles that are coming out in April, which is like X Men Gold, X Men Blue, uh, and a couple of other those, those Resurrection titles. But in humans, it's kind of Royals in April, Black Bolt, and Secret Warriors in May. I think they're staggering. We also get um, Inhumans Prime in yes. March. Yeah, the end March. of March. Um, the the you know. Basically, if they just stopped and talked, they would realize they're all kind of had the same goal here. Because, you know, as important as the Terrigen Cloud is to the Inhumans, if it does indeed dissipate, it will no longer be effective for creating new Inhumans. Um, They're going to want to get together and destroy this. And I think they ultimately will, and that uh, Emma... Frost will not be fully content with a nice, peaceful resolution. She's still out for blood, and it's going to cause something terrible to happen. I continue to have a sinking fear in my stomach that someone is going to die. Someone named Iso. And I don't. I don't know. I don't hey, look, I'm I'm a neurotic guy, and I, that's my fear. I think there'll be one X Man and one Inhuman. I think the X Man's going to be Emma Frost. I yeah, hope it's going to be Emma Frost. Or it could be Grid. Yeah. Grid, I suppose. Well, anyway, we only have to wait two friend. weeks to find out. It's almost yeah. ended. Almost a very ended. funny scene in the in the middle of it all, um, where Karnak is like, "Something's up here," and he says uh, that. Uh, this whole conflict has had a flaw from the very beginning. And I'm like, no kidding, boss. <laughs> I, I wanted him to look at look at look at the audience like a character out of the office, you know, like right? I hear what you're saying, you know. <laughs> right? Um, oh Karnak. I can't wait for Karnak and Moon Girl to, to interact. And apparently um Matthew Rosenberg has mentioned he's that that is gonna happen and it's a lot of fun. That's so that's good. You know, that's one of the problems with I mean Event fatigue notwithstanding, they're they're putting up all of these preview images and and cover solicitations for the new, um, for the for the Royals, for Black Bolt, for uh, new issues of Moon Girl, new issues of Miss Marvel, and it's leaving me kind of like, all right, finish IVX. I want to get to this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, you saying that, right. I, I I just I 
absolutely adore Christian Ward's art, and I, I've said it so many times oh, on I know. CBR on Twitter. It's just so good. And yeah, and he, I'm so happy he. And did you see his new character designs he posted? He's got Blinky. like. Well, yeah, but then there's like a scroll chick who like looks like she could break you in half. Yeah. And there's another dude that is just I like Blinky though. <laughs> Blinky's Honestly, great. such a good choice because he um I, I think I've mentioned it probably several times in the past, but he did a uh, a book called um Odyssey, um which Odyssey. was yes. like a, a gender Brilliant. Yeah, it's a gender bent version of the Odyssey by uh was it Homer? Yeah, and it's um, and although it, this version is written by Matt Fraction. Yeah, I mean Matt Fraction's alright. What? Um, he's great. Yeah. He's oh, my I friend. Like Matt Fraction. What's going on with you? Okay, okay. <laughs> when I say he's alright, that's British term for yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, it, yeah, or right. maybe you're saying he's he's, he's no Homer. Well, if you read, I've actually got the book, and I haven't actually read it yet because I I struggle with Lord of the Rings, so. <laughs> it's it's kind of yeah. I, I'll I'll read it one day. They made us read it in, in grade school. It's uh it's a, it's a thick book, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I got. To be fair, that's why I got the Odyssey because uh, Odyssey, as in the comic, um, yeah. because it's easier to read and it's got lots of pictures. Jesus. <laughs> um, I actually case, had another bit of news really quick. Um, I'll go ahead, Doc. Well, I was going to say that 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 IVX six and uncanny in humans 20 will be coming out the, after ivx6 so isn't isn't uncanny in humans the, the end of the uncanny in humans i think um one of the x-men books are coming after the end of ivx number six well whatever um they <laughs> will be uh charles soul's swan song of his <laughs> You know, yeah. long stewardship of of, of mm-hmm. being the chief of the Inhumans, and I'm I'm sad to see him go. I mean, I think yeah. he's yeah. done fantastic work. I I think he came in 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 a very he came in in a pinch. Yes, because he Matt did a brilliant job. Was supposed to write it, and then some sort of editorial disagreement led to Fraction leaving. Soul came in at the last minute, and I think he's done a great job of traversing. A lot of difficult things because, you know, there's a lot of editorial mandates he had to deal with. A, more event book tie-ins than any author should have to contend with. Yes. Right? As and, well and as... And he's writing, think, like, six books. He's writing yeah. six books. As well as, I think, you know, I mean, all conspiracy theories aside, I think Marvel very much did want the Inhumans to be more superhero-esque. And, you know, a little, a little more you know, traditional cape and spandex style comics and they are so niche though. They they are. And and even though Soul did as he was asked, he still managed to maintain the uh the the truth, the the, yeah. the, the authentic in humans, which are science fiction characters who are not you know, they don't adhere to conventional no, Western it, morality. This, and this this was something that me and Saren were talking about the other day, and it was kind of you know I, I was I was kind of saying that I'm really happy that it's the new humans that are going out and trying to get rid of this cloud and and not the uh, royal family because the royal family aren't really they aren't really superheroes. heroes. They're not superheroes. They're they're a royal right. family. Well, right. look at who the new humans are, with the exception of like ISO and Grid and. Um... 
Inferno, I mean, and in their superhero and Naja too. But if you look at them, you've got Miss Marvel on that team, who's an Avenger. You've got Synapse on that team, who's also an Avenger. So you've got Avengers on that on that new human team right now. Yeah. So the and they've already proven that they're superheroes. So yes. yeah. So they're I already mean, more superhero. The, the new humans are definitely the superheroes, not the royal family. Yeah, and, and not only that, the royal family. Medusa was a part of the frightful four. So you know, it kind of tells <laughs> well, you. Well, she it? was she was a member of A Force. Those they were kind of well. Yeah. Well. Med- yeah, Medusa was in A Force, and I think it should have been Crystal, but they all played I think it should have been Crystal. Well. As much as I'm going to miss Charles Soule and appreciate all he's I done, am, I can't wait to see what Ewing does because he's going to be I'm, I'm psyched to see Al Ewing and Saladam Ahmed join, uh, do this because I think they're going to be given more leeway and freedom to really let the Inhumans freak flag fly. Oh man, no, if I you're really looking at, so. at uh, Saladin Ahmed's Twitter, um, apparently he's tried to secure Lockjaw recently. He says, I just tried to secure the most important member of the Marvel Universe. And he had a picture of Lockjaw. He's really going for Kirby. He keeps, they, both him and Christian Ward keep mentioning Kirby. And um, he's really, and like he's like, he's so excited. And it, that just makes me happy that he seems to be having so much fun writing Black Bolt right now. Well, with with Black Bolt and the Royals, Sorry. they don't—they're no longer having to try and sort of square peg through a round hole, making yeah. these guys superheroes. It's you know the Inhumans have always had much more to do with Frank Herbert's Dune than Chris Claremont's X Men, yes. and I think they're going to be given license to go with that. You know, the X-Men are back. The X-Men are getting nine new titles, you know, with Resurrection, or nine ongoing titles. There's plenty of X-Men. So the Inhumans can be the Inhumans again. And, you know, Secret Warriors will be Inhumans superhero action. And I'm looking forward to that series quite a bit, because I think Matthew Rosenberg is pretty awesome, and that cast is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, I'm I'm actually really really happy that the Inhumans are going back to space. Yeah. Because you know, War of Kings is an incredible book. I yeah. that's still probably one of my favorite. War and Realm of Kings is probably one of my favorite Inhuman arcs. Yeah, and I, I think I hope just as much as they're taking inspiration from Kirby, I really think they should be taking inspiration from um, Dan Abnett, who I've met actually. Mm-hmm. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really, I really hope that they do take at least some inspiration from that whole, you know, galaxy spanning. I think they'll be, I think they will be. They'll be taking from inspiration from DNA. They'll be taking inspiration from uh, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and, course, and I think from... Ewing is gonna really honor a lot of the continuity continuity of of what's happened so far. Like he seems oh, to really honor that stuff. So I'm, I mean, look at his ultimates and what he's doing with America Chavez. Oh, that's that's just been. Oh, I'm so excited. I've still got to read <laughs> so, the Ultimate. So. It's a great book. Yeah, I have the, the, I've got the first two volumes sat on my shelf, and it's just, so, I've got so much yeah, to read. Yeah, so, I, with, because how much I love the Ultimates, which was a book I never would have picked up, except that I really liked the one variant cover, so I picked it up and read it, and I, now I subscribe to it. <laughs> I'm so excited for Al Ewing on Royals. Like, I can't even wait. And um, I'm psyched. I like the cast they've put together. I'm glad they brought. They're keeping Swain, one of my favorites. Well, Swain um, and Flint are close to Crystal. I think more than what more than um, Flint's close to Medusa. I really, I, I get yeah. that impression. Yeah, I, I think this is all new and uncanny, sort of coming together in an ongoing title. 
Um, and again, I hope they take some inspiration from Asmus as well, because he wrote a fantastic book. Well, that's why Swain's in the book. Yeah. Because the ship one needed a captain, and number two, he really liked Asmus's Swain. I actually asked James Asmus on Twitter if Al Ewing had spoke with spoken with him about Swain. He goes, yeah, we had a nice long discussion about her on, at NYCC. Ah, uh, that's, so, that's good. Yeah, so um, Ewing... My only concern character. I don't want John Boy Myers to draw Swain as a typical super skinny, good-looking It doesn't look like he is, though. Yeah, like, I don't like, think he is. Looking at concept art, she doesn't look that way. Not only that, let's be honest, she's got a her tail tail's as well. Color, so. she's got a tail. <laughs> her, tail, her tail's a different color, which kind of annoys me. She's, yeah, but... she's, she's not going to be a traditional superhero with a massive great tail, so... No, she's, and she's I'm a awesome. big I'm a big fan of the Cree. I like Marvel Boy. I like Ronin. I I just I I wish he's Royals was the, coming um, out now. He's he's bringing in the uh, Universal Inhumans too. So Ooh, cool good, bean. good. Oh yeah, so it's gonna be a good it's gonna be good. Um, I had another bit of news. I don't know if we covered this in the last issue. Um, if you play Marvel Future Fight, uh, one of their app games, they have um, Crystal, oh, yeah. Karnak. Gorgon and Moon Girl as playable characters, with Inferno as a assist character. I think so, it, I think in the last episode it was just rumored. Yeah, well now it's been confirmed. Um, I'm working on getting Crystal right now because I want her first, and then I'll work back and get everyone else. Uh, so this Crystal is, a, is a video game. Yes, yes, it's a game you can play on your phone. And Crystal uh, is looking to be uh, quite the powerhouse. Mm, so uh, Medusa, and, yeah, Medusa and Black Bolt are already in the game, so she's got a team up bonus with them. Um, so yeah, it, if you play the game and you like Inhumans, go forth and get your royal family and Moon Girl. See, I, with I, her pl- double I play the game, but uh, my team is mostly made up of um, Iron Man, <laughs> War Machine, and uh, I think Black Widow. So. Oh, my team is Black Widow, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man, and I never use Iron Man, so I just might as well take them off the team because I only use Black Widow and Captain I, Marvel. I always... and Captain Marvel just Rex shit. So oh, yeah, I get to unlock them. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, Doc, if you've got a what, <laughs> getting you, a headache talking about video games. If you've got a, like an iPhone or a um, you know, no, a... I'm not doing it. Oh come people, on! Hey, people ask me, it's like, how how is it that you can you know be you can be a professional? Uh, psychologist and still have time to do all this crap online. And the reason is that I never play video games. You, you haven't got really... You just, what is life? I mean... Wait. <laughs> you know what? He probably plays video games vicariously through the kids he talks to. There you go. Yeah, See, that's so what it is. He probably that knows, and, he probably knows yeah. Halo. He probably knows Call of Duty. He probably knows Pokemon. Oh, yeah. He knows all that stuff. I'm only feigning... Uh, ignorance to look cool. You know. <laughs> to look cool. I'm, I'm not sure that's well, the look that's coming Leroy across. Yes. Leroy I've got high on Candy Crush or whatever. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, so I guess that's that's it for now. Yeah, do I we think have that... anything else? Um, well, we do. I think that you know the Marvel will be ending its code soon. Yeah, well, they already did this month. This month. All right. So no more codes to give away. I was thinking that perhaps at some point we might put together a contest. I want to see in human fan art. Um, and if um, you, out, you out there listening could submit human fan art, um, in exchange, we will give cool prizes. How yeah, does that sound? I do. Sounds good to me because I have this nice little uh, 
Fosgett uh, print that is the Inhuman royal family um, drawn as Popeye character, so this the Inhumings. <laughs> and I have it. It's signed by the artist, Charles Soul and James Asmus. So I have that to give away. Well, I've got sure, a bunch of sure comics you want to, to give away. away. I mean, yeah, that would be good. And, and uh... I give it away. I have a second print that needs to get signed by them, so I'll, I'll figure out how to... Cause I forgot to bring that to NYCC last year to have them sign that copy. So, so how long I do we my... want? How long do we want this competition to last, Doc? Two weeks. Two, two weeks. Two, three, I was two, three to, weeks. I'd say. Yeah, I'd say. Think... I'd say a month. Yeah, a month. it takes a long time for people to draw. Yeah. yeah, and we'll we'll plan it out and we'll post it up on the website. Um, I mean, I literally you... just made it up right now. So yeah, so we need to <laughs> clearly need to plan this out a little bit more. See, we so we, we are so prepped for the fan art contest. Start start your uh, pencils up or your digital art or however you do mm. it. Um, get started, and then um, we'll post information on how you can send us that fan art. Um, in the meantime, we would love to hear from you. So you can always email us at the show at Adelanrising.com. Um, hit us up on Twitter at, um, at Adelanrising1. Adam, or, um, usually Adam or myself will get back to you. Yes. Um, and we've got so a Facebook. Please. We've got a oh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, we do have a Facebook. Nobody seems to, to nobody seems to want to like the Facebook. Um, just go on Facebook and type in Atalan Rising I'm podcast. More on Twitter than Facebook, I gotta say. So yeah. you can, if you, you find us on Twitter um, and Facebook, I'll see you on Facebook too. But and you guys can to... always send me asks at um, uh, inhumansforever at tumblr dot com. And well, Doc yeah. will happily answer your questions. But if you want to hear from me and Adam, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they're nicer. Because you know, yeah, we're cooler than you. We're here because they know about video games. <laughs> <laughs> All hey, right, Mom. guys. Thanks for listening. Got some video games. <laughs> I want to go. Pay, I want to go play Panda Pop. <laughs> oh. Thanks anyway. for listening, guys. That's the end of the show. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.